0: Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Hello and welcome, everybody, to Two Guys in a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce. You can call me RP. My co host, Sean Davis, isn't with us today. But that's all right. I think I got enough content to roll through today and get you guys right where you need to be. We're coming to you from the best location in the nation on the shores of beautiful Lake Erie. Straight from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. You guys sit back and you relax. We're going to get into a few things here in a minute. Be right back with you. Thank you. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.RenegadeSoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Hey guys, welcome back. So, for the first time in a few months, we have pretty much all of our sports are back and running to some uh, extent. No, there aren't any fans in the stadiums. And to be honest, there aren't many fans in the stands for the baseball and, and, and basketball games. However, basketballs are dribbling in meaningful basketball games. Chin straps are being snapped in meaningful football games. Pitches are being pitched in meaningful baseball games. So, you know, we take what we can. We got to take it all with a grain of salt, correct? And I'm just happy to have some semblance of normalcy occurring in the United States and to be honest anywhere in the world right now I just want to get back to some sort of normal you know the status quo for the last few months has been a little bit stressful and it's getting a little bit old because you know you're not able to watch what you want to watch because there's no sports on then you can't go to your mom's house can't go to your dad's house, can't go see your brothers, don't want to travel. You're, you know what I mean? It's It's been a little bit stressful, so it's good to have some of this back. One of the major sports that we have going, and it's actually been uh, pretty interesting, is the NBA. So let's talk about the NBA playoffs real quick. Um, so, of course, you know, they've been rocking in the bubble. They've been doing that for a little while now, and, and and I've gotten... It took me a little bit to get used to. I don't know about you guys, but it took me a second to fully get into being able to watch. It's It's been a little bit difficult. However, I like basketball, so I watch. You know, I was interested in how everything was going to play out. So here we are pretty much at the conference finals. We got one more game left in the Western Conference semifinals before we get to the actual conference finals um and the east conference finals are set so since that one is set i'll talk about that one first and talk a little bit about how these guys got there so the celtics and the heat i don't know that I'm not sure that I would have picked as a matter of fact I wouldn't have picked the Heat to get out of the second round if I would have even picked them to go to the second round. I would not have picked them to get out of the second round. And had you asked me or had you said to me, uh, it's gonna be a four one series between the Heat and the Bucks, I would have picked the Bucks. I would have thought the Bucks were gonna be that team. It's not what happened. Eric Spolstra has done a great job coaching. I never thought I'd say that. Um, But this guy has done a really solid job putting his team in spots that they can succeed and basically leading them where they need to go And just from the coaching standpoint. On that court and in that locker room, Jimmy Butler is showing me a lot about him and people have said that about him in the past people have said that this guy's really solid in terms of being a teammate uh but he's not a guy to be played with like he doesn't he's not gonna you know play hard when y'all ain't playing hard he's not gonna be one of those guys that's you know killing himself while you're all over there playing he's gonna be grumpy about that he's gonna be pissed off about that that's just who he is. That's how he how he is. He's built that way. That was his problem in, in, in Philly. He was mad at those guys that none of them wanted to stand up and be that kind of a player. Didn't want to put in the work, per se, to be what he was or what he is. That was one of his problems. His work ethic is so high, he didn't see the exact same thing in those other guys. I think that's happening in Miami. So you're getting a different kind of Jimmy. Plus, I think the squad that he has around him, these guys are just balling. They're balling. Pat Riley's done a great job of forming a team. And I said this back when LeBron was there. The difference between Pat Riley and whatever the Cavs did when LeBron was here the first time and when he was here the second time is that they didn't allow LeBron to construct a team. The team constructed the team. And LeBron was expected to just show his ass up and play basketball. And that's why the Heat have... I won't say they've been relevant, relevant. And in the playoffs and... But they haven't been that far off. They've always been kind of right there. And it's because you build a team based on what you want that team to be. Not what this one dude wants around him. So... You know, uh kudos to those guys down in Miami for really just showing up and proving a bunch of people wrong. i I would have been one of those wrong folk had I put any money anywhere, I would have been wrong. But I didn't make any predictions. Not on that anyway. The Celtics, on the other hand, had a tough seven game series with the Raptors. Uh it's you know what? The Celtics are a good team. They're a good squad. And the freedom that they have now without Kyrie uh, between Tatum and uh, uh, the other young kid. I can't call his name right this second because I'm old and sometimes I just forget. I guess Jalen Brown. There it is. Um, the freedom that they play with now without Kyrie. Kyrie is my favorite player, but I just don't think his style fit what they were doing. Or how they played. They need to have a few more touches. They need to have a flow a little bit different. Uh, And I think they're getting that. I think that's what's happening. You're starting to see them be able to get the volume of touches that they need. They play great on both ends of the floor. They, They both play with a lot of energy. I wasn't sold on Tatum when he came out. Of, uh, of school, but he's, man, it's, and he's only, like I think he's only 22, it's crazy, I mean, it's crazy that this dude is that young, and he's, he's a monster, like that, uh, so I think that's going to be a great series, it's going to be a pretty physical series, I, if I just looked at it on paper, i give my prediction on the series, if I just looked at it on paper, I'd say that uh hold on a second. Damn net trying to jump in my in my in my drink here. But uh if I just looked at it from a paper standpoint, I'd say the Celtics would probably win four to two. I don't know if that's the case. I've watched a lot of the Heat games. I'm almost I almost think that the Heat are gonna win this thing. I'm I think I'm gonna stretch out there. I'm you know what? I'ma stretch on out there. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say it. I think the Heat are gonna win this series. It's gonna be a tough, hard fought series, but I think the Heat are gonna win this series, especially if those young kids can keep. Knocking them threes down, man. If them young kids can keep banging them open jump shots. And if they can just keep knocking down clutch shots at those tough moments. I think Miami is going to win that series. So I said it. I said it. Okay. Just going to stretch out there and say it and and make it mine. Miami's going to win. All right, that's the east. In the west, the Clippers and the Nuggets are still playing as I said earlier. They got a game tomorrow night. I don't know about the Clippers. I don't I don't know if I feel that they're the favorite. And you got a lot of factors in that. The the bubble is a very neutral place. So you got to bring something extra. You got to bring something a little bit more because you don't have the the fan uh, thing to 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 rest on to 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 lean on. You're on a neutral court, bro. You playing in a it's, it's like you playing in practice. It's like you playing uh, at a playground. You know, it's it's no fanfare. It's just you. It's just that other guy. It's his team. It's my team. And y'all just going at it. To me that's a beautiful thing that's the science of the game right there that's the best games you're gonna ever get it's listen this ain't even like the rucker you go to the rucker you can get crowds around there people hanging out of buildings and all that kind of stuff this is you know you got your family i guess on the other side now i think they they can't have their families in there so you got those guys on the other side and you got the fans you know the virtual fans and i know that they have piped in noise and stuff like that but you don't have 20,000 screaming people. You don't have, you know, uh, that advantage where, like when you're an oracle and they're, they're just going berserk. You know, because Steph Curry hit a three-pointer and you could feel that momentum swing. That's, that's going to be tough. And I think it's that toughness. I think that, I think... This game could go. In, I don't think either team has uh, the court advantage. Now, of course, I think that the Clippers, who I I, I, I think the Clippers might have a problem on their hands. Playoff P ain't quite playoff P. I think he need to chill on that, especially after this playoffs. He just hasn't shown me the the killer instinct and the and uh and the situational instinct that he needs to call himself playoff P. Not to say that he got lucky, not to say that he didn't play well for a couple playoff series when he was in Indiana. Not saying that. Not saying that at all. Just saying he probably needs to do some work on situational basketball and becoming i don't know if he's the first option or the second option to be honest with you so (coughs) excuse me he needs to figure some of that out Kawhi, on the other hand i think he needs to figure some things out too i don't think that last year was a fluke i've seen Kawhi do just that when he was in san antonio kind of take over kind of be the guy the energy guy the the every play guy Kawhi can do that he's not doing it as often this particular uh, playoffs you don't win two finals MVPs because you're basic or because you are lucky or because you know you backed into it nah be you are what you are and Kawhi is a really good basketball player I think, honestly, I think these guys are a little bit tired because they've been chasing the Nuggets around. Listen, the Nuggets are for real. I don't know that that means that they're going to win a a championship. (laughs) I almost said they're going to win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know that that means that they're going to win a championship this year. I don't even know that that means they're going to get out of the Western Conference Semifinals. But I do know that they have the ability to get out the the Conference Semifinals. I'll tell you that. That boy, uh, Jamal Murray, and that Nikola Jokovic, uh, Jokic, I'm sorry. They're, listen, man, when that dude is rolling, he is rolling. These goddamn Europeans, man, they taking over. They didn't figure, they didn't, look, that stretch seven is, or excuse me, the stretch seven. I'm thinking the seven-footer. That stretch seven-footer, you could put him at the five, you could put him at the four. He, hell, you can, at points, put him at the three. And for, like, a guy like, uh, 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 what's my man? I keep thinking Porzingis. It's not Porzingis. Uh, Doncic, he can run point. So, these, so I'm making up a new term. That's it. I did it. Right here, RP just made up a new term on the show. And not even, it ain't on, just on the show. It's a new term, period. To be utilized in basketball. And if you ever hear anybody else say it, damn it, I'm trademarking it, the stretch seven. It's the stretch seven. The stretch seven footer. He going to stretch your ass out. And he can do whatever he wants all over the field. All right? All over the court. I'm sorry. So looking at this game seven that's going to happen tomorrow night uh, at 9 o'clock down in Orlando. Looking at this situation, looking at what the Clippers are facing, I'm gonna make a prediction. I'm gonna tell you this right now. The Nuggets are gonna win that damn series. The Nuggets are winning tomorrow. I'm resting. So I'm I'm not like everybody else who who holds and hugs the fence. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think the Nuggets are gonna win. And I think they're gonna get the Lakers everything that they uh and the Lakers look incredible right now, I'll tell you that. But I think uh the Joker against or having Anthony Davis have to do something with the Joker and then turning around and having to deal with that on the other end as well. I think that'll take a little bit of steam out of them. I think it'll put a little more pressure on them. Jamal Murray is quick, they're they're long, you know, they're, they're, and they they're and they don't go away, like they don't get flustered when they should get flustered. They don't get bothered when they should get bothered. Mike Malone is another really good coach, and uh, I tip my cap to those guys. I think that we're going to see the Nuggets and Lakers in the Conference Finals in the West. and But I'm going to wait to make that determination too, uh, uh, of that series, because we ain't got there yet. So my prediction for tomorrow's game is... Uh, the Nuggets are going to win. That's my prediction. Alright? You know what? Let me take a break. Let me uh, scoot out of here, take care of some things, and uh, we'll get right back with you guys in a minute. Stay tuned. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Hey, welcome back to Two Guys in a Mic. Again, I'm your host, Ron Pierce, RP. It's just me in the building today. As I mentioned earlier, my guy Sean is not with us uh, this evening. Um, before I left, before I took a break, we're just talking about the, uh, you know, the, the the restarts of each league, basically, and how happy, first of all, that I am that these things are happening again, that we got some sort, some sports, and even some feelings of of normalcy. Um, we we chopped chopped it up a little bit about the NBA. Now let's scoot into uh, the NFL. So, tonight the NFL will finish its first week, official week, of being back up and running. A lot of these teams, uh, this was their real kind of first contact, even if you want to call it that. I know some teams didn't do a lot of, of uh, pull down, take down, tackling and practice and stuff like that, so to have full speed almost all of a sudden out of nowhere and you guys have to play the whole time. It wasn't like that preseason where you get those, say, four or five snaps in preseason and then you go sit down, kind of get your wind up. Now, this was, this was full-fledged NFL action. Uh, I watched the Thursday night game last week and uh, I was pretty surprised at the level of, play and the level of crispness that some of these uh guys were showing and definitely the you know the Chiefs are a different kind of team they're not just the the world champs they've been good and pretty much in that same system for a couple years now so what we would see in them is a little bit different same thing with the Texans the Texans are a solid ball club and they kind of know what they want to do offensively and you could you could see that you could see certain things were just clicking and working for them and that's a beautiful thing to watch now having said all of those things there was one team that did not look like things were clicking there was one team that did not look like Things were working. There was one team that would, wasn't looking like uh, they had done much practice on anything. Unfortunately for me, for many others, it's my freaking favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Before any of you guys giggle at me because I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I am a Cleveland Browns fan. And maybe there's parts of me that feel like I shouldn't be. But I'm from Cleveland. I was born and raised here. My grandmother loved the Browns. I love the Browns. It's my fatal flaw, my loyalty to uh, this God-forsaken team. Every year, we hope. Every year, we cross our fingers. and And we just, we pray. In some cases, we pray. And I ain't talking about just like, oh, please let us win. I mean, there's been years where I've actually prayed for the Browns. No joke. It's pathetic. I know. (laughs) But I have. And having prayed for these guys to win, as I'm saying it right now, it sounds even more pathetic. (laughs) I knew it was pathetic, but now it sounds even more pathetic. Anyway. These, these guys, I, here, here are the things that I expected to see different. So so let me give you a fuller, a fuller picture right now. Um, I did not expect the Browns to come out and win. I didn't. I know we have a, a, a shit ton of talent on this team. We do. We have talent all over the team. We have paid football players on the team. I know that's amazing to think. Because you wouldn't think that any of these guys got paid. However, these guys get paid well. um, And they have decided to not play well. Ever. Like ever. Ever. And that's what we got excuse me, what we got on Sunday. Now again, here's my here's my caveat here. While I want the Browns to win every game, I did not expect them to win on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't. However, what I wanted to see is would I see a difference in this? Would I see a difference in this? Would I see a difference in this and this? Nothing, nothing super crazy, and when I know I just said this, this, and this. Yeah. So if you actually care, you're probably like, hey. So what are those? This, this, and this. What is it? What do you? What were you looking for? So here are some things I was looking for. I was looking for a difference in the penalties. Last year, you know, we. I think I want to say we had <laughs> we had a, a god awful number of penalties in our first game we even had a dude get ejected for throwing a punch so i was looking for a difference in the penalty and there was a difference we didn't have a lot of penalties that was good but i was also looking for things that make us look like a better football team so even though you don't win you do look for competitive uh competitiveness a nature to get after it. I didn't really see that. And if I saw it, I saw it early. I damn sure didn't see it later. Secondly, I was looking for a you know like different wrinkles in the offense. Didn't really see that either. Didn't see any different wrinkles Saw kind of the same concept that had been here in the past. So even more specifically, I, you know, and I'll, I'll break this down a little bit better for you guys, because right now I'm just kind of rambling because the Browns do that to me. They frustrate me so much. It's hard to stay on whatever your task is, it's hard to to maintain full sentences and, and sentence structure. The Cleveland Browns hired a new coach. Surprise. I think that's a headline every single solitary year. It feels like it, even if it's not. We hired an assistant from Minnesota, Kevin Stefanski. Um, You know, he's made a few guys a few dollars because his offenses actually kind of work for them. Case Keenum is one. Case Keenum. I think was a pro bowler that year, if I'm not mistaken. He also made, um. Uh, uh, what's the kid's name? He's, I, I don't, I, you know, uh, do you like that? That guy, I can't think of his name right now. But to me, if you made those two guys, those two average dudes, you made those guys good. My thought is, okay, let's see what he could do for us with our quarterback, who supposedly is, you know, better than average at least. So, you know, Stefanski comes in, he, he talks all the right stuff. We we got this new leadership in the, in the front office. They're all analytics guys right now, and they say Stefanski is that type of Of a coach. He's an analytics kind of leaning individual, which would make him kind of an analytical coach. Okay. But I didn't see any of that in his game plan. His game plan looked like, oh, I'm going to make Baker throw 40 times a game, even though we have one of the best running backs in, in, in the NFL right now. And not only do we have one of the best... Running backs, starting running backs in the NFL right now. We actually have two of the better running backs in the NFL right now, today. But we're only going to run the ball 20 times. We're going to basically split that between the two of them. That is moronic, okay? It's absolutely moronic. Kevin you have to do better in your game planning that game plan was awful to me you have to put Baker in better positions Baker Mayfield's my biggest issue with Baker Mayfield especially after last season was he was inaccurate and by inaccurate yeah he could throw to guys he, he knows where guys are supposed to be but he uh got uh David Njoku uh Damn near decapitated. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what he does. He throws guys into bad situations. He doesn't throw to spots really well. He throws to where you're supposed to be, but he doesn't throw to those spots great. That can be a problem. You got to be able to throw to those spots, man. When I watched I watched about four football games between Thursday and Sunday night. And I legitimately watched quarterback after quarterback after quarterback or highlight after highlight after highlight of quarterbacks throwing footballs into spots where only their guy can get to it. I don't see that from Baker Mayfield. Okay? Now, now, I don't want to just, I'm not going, I'm not going to go straight to Baker right now. I'm still on uh, St- Stefanski, but if those are your quarterback's issues or potentially your quarterback's issues, you have to do things to get this guy back right, okay? He's happy in the pocket. He's quick to try to move around. You have to settle him down. You have to build that rhythm as the quarterback's guy. You can't just come in with a new playbook and say, hey, here's gonna, this is what's going to fix all of your L's. No. You have to come in, you have to say, listen, here's what we want you to be, here's where we're going to start. Who in the hell goes into the gym who's never worked out before and just goes right in at 225? If that's any, anybody who, if you don't work out, anybody who goes to a trainer and they say, hey man, get up under that and bench that 225 pounds, walk the hell out of that place immediately because that person don't have your best interest okay and that's exactly what i'm saying right now in this situation i don't feel like these guys have baker mayfield's best interest you have to get your quarterback your young quarterback who's had before these guys this year before stefanski this year this dude's been in the league Three years prior to this year, and he's had three different head coaches, three different offensive coordinators. You have to give this guy some, some consistency and teach him that. Can't just expect him to get it by throwing a new playbook at him. Settle him down. Make him comfortable. You make him comfortable with real short quick passes to tight ends, real short quick passes to your running backs and then the running game that's how i envision this also you need to utilize your deep threat you need to put more one-on-one situations with uh, odell beckham you can't keep putting this dude into seven yard slants, into into four and five and and you know people coverage you have to give this guy some space He's great in space. So create the space. You're supposed to be this guru. And you got guys that are supposed to be good at this. So create the space. We just had Stefan Diggs up in, uh, in Minnesota. So do the same types of things. Stretch the field out. Open the field up. Nobody expects us to do anything. And we're not. And you have to be willing to admit that as a coach. So, that's just the game plan. Listen, I haven't even gotten into this guy. So, during the game, there was this fourth down, excuse me, there was this third down and and two in the game, late in the the, uh, first half. So, we had the ball, and by we, I mean the Browns. We got the ball. They run this play. Had the first down. Like, had it. Do it right to OBJ. This dude drops the damn ball. Okay? Dude drops it. Baker, actually put the ball on this dude. This dude drops the freaking ball. Okay? It's fourth down and two. We're like at the... Just crossing over to 50. Maybe about the 47, 48. Excuse me. No, like the 47, 46 try line. Fourth down and two. This dude punts the ball. Now, you might say, oh, that flips field position. Listen, man, we're not playing against, um, you know, the Pop Warner team. You're playing against the Ravens. You already know your offense doesn't have any rhythm. You know your offense isn't going well. It's fourth and two, not fourth and five, not fourth and seven. It's fourth and two. You got Nick Chubb. This dude averages in this particular game. He averaged six points, excuse me, six yards per carry. Give the dude the ball. Or decoy him and just throw another pass. Get the first down. Give your team a little bit of confidence. Because at that point, we were trying to get ourselves back up. And we were right there. We were actually down ten to six, I believe, at that point. So Instead of going for it on fourth down, this dude punts. He punts. These dudes drive 99 yards in 58 seconds, I think. Going to halftime, 17-6. Guess what? Game's over at that point. You've killed the will and the momentum at at that point. It's over with. Not to mention earlier in the game, this dumb dumb goes for a a fake punt. It's like early in the second half, uh, excuse me, early in the second quarter. Matter of fact, it was in the first quarter. It was the second drive. What are you going for a fake punt right now for? So, if you're going to go for a fake punt to create a short field for these guys, that's what made him not do it. That right there is what made him not do it. Because he couldn't have two short fields. Situations he <laughs> so he wasn't willing to put his balls out there again, but that's on your own fault, that's your own volition, right there. That's what you planned. You got to be better about that, man. Be simple, don't be the smartest guy in the room. I mean, we got a new coach, I felt like we had the same old coach. As a matter of fact, by the end of the game, I was calling uh, our old coach for those of you who don't know. His name was uh, Freddy Kitchens. Our new coach, his name is Kevin Stefanski. I've been calling uh, Kevin Stefanski, Freddy Stefanski, because I thought I was watching Freddy Kitchens. That's how goofy a game plan that I saw the other uh, on, on Sunday, yesterday. It was goofy. His team was unprepared, and he did nothing to rally them, he did nothing to put them in a position to win. Nothing. Nothing in game. Because everything looks great. Everything looks great on, on paper. And when you watch a film and when you're running those plays in uh in the conference room in the hotel, everything looks great. All of that's gonna work. But when it doesn't, you have to be able to game plan for. The bad as well as the good. You have to. You got to be willing to say, all right, man, listen. We got to scrap that play. I know this is one of the 12 plays we scripted. We're going to have to scrap that. At some point, you got to be able to say that. And if we don't have guys that can think off the cuff, we're going to be looking for another coach by the end of the year. And that's going to suck. Okay? So, again, dumb game plan. Stop fake punting. You got fourth and two. In that type of a situation, again, you got to go for it. Take your shots when it matters. Don't take stupid shots. Take your shots when they matter. And stop thinking like Freddie Kitchens. Goofball. Baker Mayfield, he's up next. Get these guys out of here. Baker, again, was not good. He was not good. He wasn't awful. It wasn't the worst game I've ever seen him play. They weren't the worst passes I've ever seen either. They just weren't the best passes. They weren't. His timing is awful, and I get it. I get it. He's got to be better, though. Okay? He's got to be better. He's inaccurate. Still holding the ball too long. Still dancing around in the pocket. Still looking lost. And I'm going to say this out loud he cannot read defenses. He cannot read a defense to save his life. He, his inaccuracies on top of him not being able to read defenses, that's why his interception ratio is so high. I mean, and not that he he throws an interception every, every play, but he threw an interception on the first drive of the game. He got two balls tipped. You know, and it, he just didn't look comfortable at all he never looked comfortable um and that's a problem it's a problem i don't care what you can say whatever you want to say that is a problem he's got to settle down he's got to get himself together odell beckham jr lord have mercy i like this guy but man you're gonna to have to catch the ball brother you're gonna to have to catch the ball man you do all this whining and pouting and complaining. And you get a chance to do something and you don't utilize. Listen, if you're hungry, if you're starving, and somebody throws you a steak, and you let it fall on the floor, you ain't that damn hungry. If if I'm starving, I ain't dropping that steak. This is my one chance to get something to eat. I'm going to catch that damn steak. I'm going to get that steak. Because I'm going to eat. You got to take advantage of whatever you get. Whenever you get it. I'm not saying he needs to be happy. About it. He should still be upset. But bro. You can't be upset when you're doing. The same level of dumb stuff. That everybody else is. you just as guilty as they are. So. I'm going to need that dude to catch. I'm not going to come down on him like everybody else because he don't throw himself the ball. And he's not calling the plays. So he's got to run his routes the way that they say run it. But they doubling him. They tripling him. I saw him double and triple team two or three times. He didn't stop begging from throwing him the ball, though. And that's a problem, man. You, gotta, you can't get these dudes killed. If they doubling and tripling him, somebody else is open. That's how you open the field up. You don't open the field up by just forcing the ball into this guy. And you need to have a coach and a quarterback that understand that and that can manage that. We don't have that. So my hope is we play on Thursday against the Bengals. My hope, my prayer is that come Thursday, all of these things that I think were wrong or were bad or whatever i we got you, we have a chance to fix it they have a chance to show all of the things that i'm coming down on them about they got a chance to show that they can do this and that they will do this and that they will make the adjustments and that they are awake and that they are paying attention and that they do want to win. Because if they do these things. Small things. Even if you lose the game. If you do the small things. The small things is where the big things start to start from. They come from that. When you're not getting a lot of penalties. When you're not dropping balls. When you're not fumbling. Uh, when you're when, when you're taking your time. And you're making the right reads. All of those small things. Will eventually lead to. Winning football. I know Lamar Jackson won the MVP, but he mostly won it with his feet, more so than his legs, his arms. It doesn't mean that he sucks as a quarterback, but when you do the dual thing that he does, he's, you know, that much tougher to, to uh, compete against and to stop. However, he's not that accurate as a quarterback. He just makes the right reads, throws to where his guys can get him. That's it. He does the simple stuff right. Last year in game one, Marcus Mariota, one of the most awful quarterbacks I've seen in a long time. Guess what Marcus Mariota did? He did the small things right. He just threw the little four yard out. He threw the little five yard out. He threw the little pass over here. Then they just ran the ball. They just beat us. With simple stuff, we always try to outthink and outsmart and be the cutest dudes in the room all the time instead of just playing basic football. So, with all of that said, I'm going to try to move on to my Thursday night picks. (sighs) Browns versus Bengals. First of all, let me get into my keys of the game. Keys of the game, I kind of just ran over them. The things that I thought... I should have or wanted to see in this game on Sunday. I think you have, you have, you have to see on Thursday. What are those things? Just in case you were asleep or I bored you to death, I'm going to say them again. You got a run game. You got Nick Chubb, man. Run the ball with Nick Chubb. Right now, the dude is averaging six points. I said six points again. Six yards per carry. Give this guy. The freaking football. Also, we have Kareem Hunt. Run the ball. You got guys that can run the ball. Or you have guys that can shift the, the balance on the field. Also, I think we need to see more screen and swing passes to those running backs. Again, you got Kareem Hunt, who's actually pretty good at catching out of the backfield. All of those things will slow down. The, the blitz, it will also open the field up a little bit downfield because these guys are going to be playing up trying to stop the run, trying to stop those little short passes. Now you start to get your one-on-one situations, which I like uh uh ODB and Jarvis in those one-on-one situations way more than when they're fighting fighting against, you know, two and three corners and a safety over the top. That has to and simple, just simplifying the game plan. Just making it simple for Baker Passes to Austin Hooper. Outlet, you know, just dink and dunk for a little while just to develop a little bit of rhythm. And then you start to stretch it out. But you got to be successful. You know, you got to have guys that uh, you got to, You got to. the offensive line play great. So I don't want to hear nobody telling me about no damn, oh, the offensive line. Nope, that offensive line played pretty good against that defense uh, front. So to me, those are the things that have to happen. I have to see that run game. I need to see, uh, you know, some rhythm in the offense, however they develop it. I think the way I'm saying it is the best way. It's short. It's quick. And it just, you see a a guy catch the ball. You see a guy get six, seven yards on first down. Or you see a guy get, you know, five yards on second down. Now it's third and two. Now it's third and one. Or second and, and three you're putting yourself in winning types of situations, but you got to create that. Um, the defense uh, actually stunk on uh, on Sunday. They got to do better. I know that everybody keeps saying, oh, well, the, the defensive back. Let me tell you something. I don't like excuses. I hate excuses. I don't want to hear about the defensive backs. I don't want to hear about the new coach. I don't want to hear about the lack of Preseason. The Redskins got a new coach and didn't have a preseason, too. And guess what they did? They won against a team that won the Super Bowl, what, three years ago. A team that's been to the playoffs multiple times in that same time frame. So they, but they beat that team. They played well enough to beat that team with a new coach with a new system, without preseason. So I don't want to hear it. And I call them the Redskins, my bad, the Washington football team. Um, But for Thursday night, Browns got to do a better job. They got to keep that energy up. They got to keep, and the only way you keep the energy up is to play well. They were defeated going into halftime. They were They were done. That team was done emotionally. They were done. They were. They had checked out. You cannot have that on Thursday night. All those things said, I'm picking the Browns to win, 20 to 17. Again, I went out on a limb. I'm gonna do what nobody else is willing to do. Be wrong. I'm okay with that because what's it gonna hurt? So I'm picking the Browns 20-17 to 17 over the Bengals. We'll see how that pans out. So listen, guys, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Um, it felt awesome being in here. It felt great to be back in the saddle, to be able to get some of these takes off my chest. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Stay tuned for my next uh, show, or excuse me, our next show. It's going to be on Thursday after the Browns game. It's going to be like a post-game quickie, and uh, we'll get into some things then. Once again, I thank you, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Two Guys and a Mic. I'm your host. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Two Guys and a Mic. Again, your host, are Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Today we were sponsored by the Christian Jaden Project. Contact them at christianjadenproject.org and follow them at the Christian Jaden Project on Instagram and on Facebook. Also sponsored by Renegade Soul. They can be contacted at renegadesoul216.com And follow it on Instagram and Facebook at RenegadesOwl216. Tune in for our next show on Thursday night as we do our Thursday night football game post-game show. Until then, peace.